You didn't ask for it, but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Bourbon and Jesus. Brothers Podcast. Uh, I'd really like you guys to be well into this. Uh, I'm one of your hosts for the evening, Andrew Hofkamp. I am joined by fellow co-hosts. He is of the age and height where he needs help to reach the top and bottom shelf, Kevin Reynolds. Happy to be here. <laughs> He's got the Guinness Book <laughs> of World Records for the largest head on a penis, Jacob Pretty. <laughs> Why is he holding a fork? Did you write that out ahead of time? That was good. The professional podcaster and Dungeons and Dragons player. They're one and the same. Joe Delabella. Do you try to make listeners' ears bleed right off the bat with your intro, or is that was just, just an accident? Believe it or not, that's what we have Flynn for. Um, I get too and, excited. Uh, it's the only thing we have Flynn for. Excellent. I, I will also say... This is now twice, Hovecamp, that I've said, hey, you know, just watch, make sure you don't get you too close to the mic. You didn't say it this time. You're like, oh, you didn't say it this time. And the intro, I'm gonna get right the up intro here. starts and then I pull away for regular. <laughs> but, you know, the hello, because they're clapping. As the intro music fades, they're clapping. So I got to get over top of the applause that's happening in their local setting. Um, Makes sense. But obviously it Flynn's not here. Out. He once again has the sniffles or the tummy sniffles or uh, the I don't feel like podcasting tonight. Uh, so we replaced him, and I think that means that we are going to have a much better show. Uh, but we are joined by a good friend of the pod and podcasters, Joe Delabella. Joe, feel free to use now as a time to say words about yourself. Hello, hello. <laughs> I am indeed a uh, podcaster of other sorts. We run a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called You Meet in a Tavern. So I have a nice mic. Um, and yeah, I'm because he runs a successful. My voice sounds crystal clear and wonderful. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but it, you know, it is a podcast. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be drinking bourbon with you boys. So. Excellent. Well, uh, on that note, I am drinking a little Four Roses Small Batch Select, which is not to be confused with the Four Roses Single Barrel I recently drank. Um, this is an utterly delightful experience as well um, a little bit more expensive than the uh single barrel but um really they just uh do a great job picking the batches putting them together it's six specific barrels of spe six specific mash bills so it's not like sort of they, they handpick the small batches that they're using um and it's it's absolutely delightful um so highly recommend uh four roses gets more of a shout than uh we've probably given it on this uh this show kevin what are you drinking I am uh, drinking Blade and Bow this evening. It's a delightful bourbon um, out of Barton as well. Um, and I, it's, um, it's from the Stitzel Weller Distilling Company, actually. I don't think that, that, that might be Barton. I don't really remember. Anyway, um, you heard me talk about this a couple weeks ago, that my cousin, uh, Matt, um, was ready to join the Five Keys Club because he collected keys one through four that are on the Blade and Bow bottles, but he was looking for the illustrious and difficult and rare to find number five key. So I went online on a bourbon group and I bought him one uh, from the secondary market so we'd have it. And then like days later went to the Kroger liquor store and found two number five keys sitting on the shelf right next to each other um, and decided, okay, well maybe this is a sign that I need to join the five keys club. So I'm starting with uh, the rarest key to find, which is five. And I've been slowly buying Blade and Bows uh, every couple weeks as I drink through them. Um, and, uh, to, that I too can join the five keys club 
invite my cousin from New Jersey down to Kentucky and we can go and present our collections of keys to win strange and fabulous prizes. Um, the bourbon doesn't actually taste different if the key is number five versus number one, two, three, or four. Um, but hey, it's uh, <laughs> so it's you're just like to, to really do. accumulating the same whiskey over and over again to try this. I'm really doing what the marketing yeah. guy who pitched. What if we put different numbers on the keys? People will buy them just so they can join this and get a certificate that costs six cents well, to print. I'm doing what that person had in it's mind. It's like it's like adult Willy Wonka. As some <laughs> as someone yeah. who spent like six and a half years uh, as a Maker's Mark ambassador to purchase a regular bottle of mm. Maker's Mark that has my name printed mm-hmm. on the label, um, sometimes we are very aware that we're we're just part of the marketing game. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's really good bourbon. Uh so I'm fine doing it. Um I really enjoy it. It's 91 proof. Um and I would recommend it to all. Do do the keys open up any sort of factory door that maybe leads to I don't know a large mass of land with a bourbon flowing river and tiny orange people that maintain it? I have never been one to say something without fact-checking myself on the podcast ahead of time. So let me just say, yes, it does, Um, 100%. If you can find the special keyhole at the distillery to put the number five keys in, in in perfect order, um, you can have an unlimited lifetime supply of bourbon. Excellent. Pretty, pretty. What are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) Just seamless transition. We're only fifty something episodes in. It's not like we know how to do this. Uh, Yeah. So I um, I am embracing being back up here in New York and bought local uh, and found this fun little uh, thing. It's called Great Jones Straight Bourbon Whiskey, um, grown, distilled, and aged in New York. Uh, so this is interesting. This is their first batch. Uh, this <laughs> is batch number one. Great. Yep. And you're yep. going to open it? Oh, I, it, I already opened it. I okay. poured it. Um, the smell actually, it smells like pretty solid bourbon. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, fun little backstory on, on, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but they're the, they were the Manhattan's first whiskey distillery, uh, that opened since Prohibition. So, um... I think this is their, this is, they've distilled other whiskeys in Rise, but this is their first straight bourbon whiskey, their batch of, first batch of that. So it has been aged the appropriate amount, and uh, I'm going to give it a try live for you all. Let's see what it is. I wonder if a distillery in the middle of Manhattan is pulling from like the high quality water that, you know, rural Kentucky <laughs> bourbon is being I mean, pulled from. It's got, it's got bits of, <laughs> bits of real rat in it. Um, well, okay, pizza rat. okay, hold on. Kevin, you will you will back me up on this uh, because we already talked about this before. The water in New York is wa- one of the reasons why they have such great bagels and such great pizza mm-hmm. is um, part of the the way that they build it. And Joe, you probably yeah you probably know some of this too. Um, but yeah, so in that similar fashion, this is a very solid bourbon. Um, it tastes especially for something that is like a batch number one is definitely the ba- the best batch number one of something I've ever had. Um, I'm going to uh, keep sipping it down and figure out what it is probably most akin to. Um, it's, you know, it comes in at like a $45 price point. Um, I'll, fig- I'll, I'll let you know by the end of the podcast if I think it's worth that 
but uh, but it's very solid, very smooth. Doesn't actually, um, yeah, it tastes great. I don't I don't know what else to say about it right now. Wonderful, beautiful. Anyways, Joe, what are you drinking? I am drinking the Uncommon Pigeon, which some refer to as Eagle Rare. Very smooth, very delicious bourbon. My mother-in-law bought like 12 bottles of it and just leaves them in a case in her house and gifts me one for every main holiday. It's amazing. Uh, birthday, Christmas, Easter, second Friday of the month, just gives me a bottle of how, Eagle Rare. How did she happy, purchase happy so many bottles? That had to be like accumulated um, over time. I feel like no, it was it was purchased at once. Uh, like it had to be two years ago. Okay, before like they flew off the shelves, yeah. and now you can't find them. Uh, yeah, so I think I've, I think she has like six left, six or seven left. I've ever seen On this it podcast as more than a limit two. Most of the time, mm-hmm. it's limited. yeah. Oh no. No. She, On this podcast, you're only allowed to drink Eagle Rare if you have been uh, butterfly gardening. So yeah, big, big days um, in the butterfly garden usually require your. Or what, don't know what that means. It's equal rare. <laughs> it's ex- it means exactly what it says. But oh, Hove, okay. what are we doing oh, man. tonight? We're doing our, our, so our new step so bourbon many bro, things. Joe. We've got Joe coming in. Uh, we're going to do basically just normal stuff for Joe and see if he uh, listens to the podcast and can follow along or not. Um, <laughs> coming up. Coming up. <laughs> not a good so idea. we've got uh, we've got a fictional battle royale. Uh, that'll be exciting for us. Uh, then we've got a little quick uh, hot toddy take, followed by another round of benchmark as led by me. So, pretty, uh, you want to kick us off with our fictional battle royale? As I finish chewing food, yes. Did you say as you, as you finish eating and then take another bite? No, <laughs> I was. I turned my face from the mic to swallow food. Yes. So. Fictional Battle Royale. We're uh, doing a fictional Battle Royale today. Um, uh, This one was actually tossed over by Kevin as an idea. So uh, if you grew up in the 90s, uh, which all of us did, Kevin did as well. He was like 30 at the time, but he still grew up-ish in the 90s. Uh, You definitely played... more than up. Grew out. (laughs) There you go. Um, (laughs) Horizontal. Yeah. He's not even that wide. Uh, <laughs> Flynn's not here. Jeez. Okay. Uh, I don't. Where was I going with? Oh yeah, yeah. You definitely no played uh, one one in sixty four game known as Mario Golf, uh, which was a great game in which you got to creatively, uh, you know, hit some golf balls and stuff. Well, the four of us here all like to play golf. Uh, some better than others. Hove Camp. The best. Yeah, easily. Yep. I yeah. Uh, actually, I shoot I shoot over a hundred every time. Like it's clearly the best. I once I once dared Hope Camp to hit a golf ball as hard as he could, and he it went really well. It was oh my incredible gosh, how well it went. I I remember that. That was he he hit it at least like two seventy five off the tee. Oh, it was beautiful. It, it was supposed to be the hilarious. Oh, Hope Camp, you're kind of not golf coordinated and this will be hilarious if you just go totally reckless and we'll see where the ball goes it went really straight and really far happy and i've never done that in my life <laughs> <laughs> that's when you should have quit right there it was the there. last hole so <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there you go. But anyways, I bring I bring those two up because uh, we have all of us many times played a, a golf in a foursome with uh, several individuals. Um, so this today we are going to be assembling a fictional battle royale of our own golf foursomes, of which we are going to craft our foursomes from video game characters. So uh, any character in a video game is eligible to be put into this foursome. And um, uh, whether it is you're going more for camaraderie or going more for the championship, that's up to you. Uh, but it is solely video game characters uh, that we're putting together for this. So we'll go, uh, Joe, just so you know, we'll go one at a time. Everybody gets one pick. We go around like that. Um, it does and, not snake. Uh, it should be clarified. It mm, does not no snake. Snakes. Yes. No snake. No snake. It should be clarified as well that... Um, the character must be, uh, like, it can't, in my opinion, it cannot be a, uh, it has to be a character that is primarily featured right, in the You can't take Tiger game. Woods. You can't do, like, a character. <laughs> from Tiger Woods. This, this was not <laughs> explained to me. This was not explained to me because the second option on my list is Tiger Woods from PGA Tour 07. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. So I'm going to need to well, rename this. That's just I've taking been... golfers from that game. Uh, I've got Phil Mickelson. I've got... <laughs> no, you don't. You only want... No, because no one else can do a tiger shot. Um, okay, well, Tiger's I'm going to need to rethink my shot. number one then, or my... I need to add another character. I told you to come with multiple ideas. You've done this to yourself. You brought four. You've done this to yourself. Yeah, but then no, what if Kevin takes one of four. yours and then you have no one else? I will read the text message. This is fine. All right, Pretty, what's the order? Seems like Joe might need <laughs> a minute. Eating in the middle of this? Yeah, I'm going to need the a minute. Order. We're going to go in order of our golf handicap, mm. um, highest to lowest. Uh, so that actually would put Joe last because he's the closest to being a scratch golfer of the four of us. Um, so Hove Camp will be first. Uh, Kevin, I'm pretty sure I'm probably a little worse than you at golf. Uh, so it's going to be the Hove times Camp. we've played together. I have been more impressive than you more often. Yes. Yeah. But not. But I would say so. that we're probably <laughs> but not exclusively so. Right. 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 We probably shoot on average within like three to five strokes of each other. Yeah, so uh, Hove Camp, myself, game. Kevin, Joe. Yep. Is okay. the order. All right. Excellent. Hove. So Hove Camp. So who's your call? I think that this was the most logical pick uh, after I thought about it for way too long. There's only one supreme athlete of every sport that he's ever touched, and that's Pablo Sanchez. Absolutely. <laughs> I have fair. now won the golf scramble. Backyard baseball? Backyard baseball. Back, pick a backyard sport. He's the best. Uh, so he's going to be the best golfer. I've won the golf scramble, and I will now be picking fun people that will make my team more enjoyable. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That is, yeah, that's very solid. I think that's a very solid choice. Uh, Pablo Sanchez absolutely was in my top, but I was like, there's no way. Uh, I almost didn't do it because yeah. I didn't think anyone else would have him. Um, but I also don't want to lose out on the best player. That's fair. Totally fair. Uh, all right. So um, I am up next, uh, which is going to be a little tricky for me, but I don't think it's going to be that difficult, is I'm going to go with a, a different character. Uh, I'm taking uh, a swordsman to go with a different character. Right. Well, yes. Sorry, I'm taking a <laughs> That's swordsman be tricky. who it's has tricky, his but own. Uh, it's going to be tricky, <laughs> but it's not difficult. I'm going with a swordsman who has his own personal uh, caddy that just travels with him 
he also has some magic abilities every now and then and has a magical princess that he's always going after. I'm taking Link from Legend of Zelda. I think he'd be a wonderful golfer. I feel like you just great. You just someone said video game characters and you just said Link and that was it. Didn't even like relate it to golf. It was just like, oh, this is a famous character. Yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna struggle to find everybody related to golf. This is about crafting someone whose skills will translate onto the golf course. Listen, I thought of a great video game character connected to golf, and then I got poo pooed. Now you thought thought of a golfer (laughs) (laughs) who happens to be in a virtual. If you're gonna take Tiger Woods, you got to take Tiger Woods from Cyber Tiger, which was that like old PlayStation game. That was. (laughs) If you want to take a tiger, take the Uh, tiger from Diddy Kong Racing. Also a valid option. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've got Link. Uh, His his little uppercut B move that he does in Smash, that's kind of what inspired me. I think that he'd be able to sail it at least like 300. You think an uppercut sword strike is... is, is Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I just don't know that that's That's the move. I'd be like, he can golf. (laughs) And hold on. Also, Navi. Navi being in not only in his head, giving him an analysis. Great. But then also Navi can go and annoy the rest of the golfers and just get in their heads. It's a great pick. Pretty pretty trying to cheat. Uh, Flynn's not here to be to bring the moral compass down. So Pretty's like, let me get that role. Um, Very good. I think think Link Link is great. Um, I just don't think any of your logic translated. (laughs) <laughs> which is how i always am checks out my logic sucks my checks answers out. are true go ahead kevin um i'm taking a badass who uh carries around a giant magical strong key i'm going with sora from kingdom hearts <laughs> um sora would be fantastic with this think about how that massive key could just be used to just launch the You're ball. You're just into the keys you know, today. You're really? I, yeah, I'm all about yeah. the keys. I'm all about the keys. Siesta. Um, siesta, the scholarship dollars from Kentucky. <laughs> the keys, but... Uh, you know, those things pretty plays with all the time um, on pianos. So, all about the keys. But Kingdom Hearts, uh, main character that you get to play as is Sora. And um, he was the first one that came to mind when I was like... Who's sort of a more obscure video game character who would be fun to have on your team in a scramble? Um, he'd be great. He'd be great. So I get back to back. Is it Snake? No, it is no snake. snake. It's not Snake. It's not a Snake. No. It's like uh, play, playground style. Okay. So with the fourth pick, I'm going to win the tournament because it is a trump card. Uh, I wanted to pick all four. If I could pick four of the same character, I would have picked four of these because, and the reason is, because it doesn't matter what the rest of my team looks like. It doesn't matter what your all's teams look like. Your best player has now become my player, my best player, because I'm picking Kirby. Because that sucker can suck up anyone on the golf course and push down and gain their power. So it doesn't matter. Your best player, the best thing that they can bring to the table, so can I. Give me Kirby. So in this... That's actually a great... In in this golf scramble... I just want to get this straight. Rather than like playing your foursome, <laughs> Kirby is running around the golf course to other foursomes, deciding who to momentarily Listen. eat before rushing back to the hole and playing a shot. Sure. <laughs> yep. You got your power player up at the dri- up the driver spot. 
I'm gonna grab him real quick. You got your focus player on the putt on the putting green. I'm gonna grab him. I've, I'm always gonna be the best, no matter what position. You want the drunk guy? He he'll go find the drunk guy. Exactly. Well, uh, allow me to yep. allow me to go ahead. This is a perfect segue. I'm gonna give you the drunk guy, uh, and that is Conker from Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> the drunken squirrel that will be an absolute delight on my squad while we just let Pablo do all the work. Also could probably much like me produce randomly really good shots. You're like, damn conquer. Well done. You are coordinated enough to execute when Pablo accidentally hit it into the second cut instead of the fairway. Cause he doesn't do the rough. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay. So I need somebody who, um, <clears throat> Oh man, this is interesting. Okay. 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 Hove camp. Okay. Uh, I need someone who can, uh, you know, sometimes you shank a ball and you just want to get Pablo a Sanchez redo doesn't. on it. Sure. But sometimes you shank a ball. Sometimes you whiff. Whatever. You just need a redo. So I'm going to take Prince Dastan from the Prince of Persia game series using his Sands of Time ability where he can rewind time to redo his shots. It's seems, very well it seems thought like out. cheating, but yes. That's very eats other teams to take their powers. <laughs> it spits them out. You can have your power back. I just also get it. <laughs> well, you also get that power now. You there get the you power go. to See, turn back Kirby. time. Trump card, I'm telling you. We could stop the game right correct now. Correct me if I'm wrong. That power is specifically because of the dagger, correct? Yes, look so at you. He, yes. So yes, Kirby is, getting, eating Prince Daston wouldn't absorb the power of the dagger. He'd have to eat the dagger. Which is a non-sentient being. No, I think it absolutely be. would. Yeah. I don't think that tries. Yeah, yeah. This conversation. If he, if he absorbs Prince Daston, he just becomes, like, really acrobatic. Yeah. He can, and, like, well, jump no, well. Because yeah. if, he, if he absorbs the little boomerang guys in Kirby's Dreamland, he gets their boomerang. So why wouldn't he get their That boomerang? is true. It is like the cap, like Mario putting on a different yeah, cap. Yeah, he gets an okay. item of theirs. Yeah, he just gets the dagger. Yeah. All right. Kevin, Trump what card. you got? Trump card. The tens of people that download this podcast every week, I can't imagine. Yeah, Joe, two very different than like yours. Very different really than yours. Really zoned in on uh, this topic. It's just going to be really great for them. I'm so glad we're doing it. Um, <laughs> so, so, when I was growing so far, up, you're the I've, only one that's picked someone that I personally have never heard of. So, <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, I uh, I learned to play golf with Joe. We learned together um, from our parent, from our dads. And then we learned how to actually play golf by going to a, a golf school um, at Bellarmine University where we learned how to play from people who knew how to teach golf. Um, so I feel a certain uh, sibling-esque rivalry with Joe in, in, this, in this instance. I'm going to directly attack his team right now. <laughs> um, he's got Kirby, and I want Kirby's arch nemesis. I want uh, King DDD. Um, because King Dedede is a is a penguin-like bird. He's not a penguin, but he looks like a penguin. Um, he's a penguin-like bird who carries around a massive mallet. And I imagine that that mallet would just be a phenomenal tool in the game of golf off the tee. Um, and he he frequently um, bests Kirby on, uh, on any given moment. Now, Kirby is the protagonist in this situation. King Dedede is the antagonist. Uh, but they are well-matched. Uh, they are rivals. He is the Bowser to Kirby's Mario. So I am going with King DDD. 
Okay, I'll see your Solid. King DDD, and I'll raise you. Uh, this character, who has a little bit more muscle mass to be able to handle a golf club. Uh, if you play the Kirby Dreamland games and you face off a key DDD, he is often slipping and sliding because of the massiveness of the hammer with uh, very little control of the weapon he wields. Now, when you're playing a golf scramble and you have people on your team such as Tiger Woods and Scratch Golfers and Pablo Sanchez and people, or like Kirby, who could just <laughs> suck up Pablo Sanchez's power. What you really need off the tee is someone who could just hit the shit out of the ball. You get it one out on the fairway in a scramble in a best ball. You get one out in a safe spot where you feel like you can make a good second shot, and then you send out your big hitter who can just safely knock the out of the ball if it's a great shot it's a hundred yards past where you hit it if it's not whatever because you still got a safe shot so i am going with none other than dk himself donkey kong just a He's big ass gorilla massive muscles can slam the ball 400 yards down the fairway uh if he's lucky and that may come in handy that's that's actually my go-to character that i play as in mario golf is dk because it's just all, all and, drive and the all thing with him in, in Mario Golf is he only ever uses one arm. So, like, he's literally only half power, yeah. and he hits it farther than everyone but Bowser. Well, his muscles are so big, he can't reach to hold the club with one with two hands. Which so is honestly a problem. Control. He should, I don't want to say tone down the bench press, but, like, his chest has become too large for golf. <laughs> he needs to stick to whatever sport he's he in. He needs to get a reduction or something. Day. He's an ape. Well, look, I'm just saying he's he's not equipped for golf. Okay, he would if he was equipped for golf, he could put both hands on the club and wield it. <laughs> what I'm saying. I've watched him put both hands on the club and wield it. I've watched it. You've watched Donkey Kong do that in yes. Mario Golf. In real life, yes. In real life, when does he do it? In oh, I Maybe think in the new putting? Mario Golf. I think in the new Mario Golf, he he holds it with well, two that, hands. Then he slimmed down, and he's not as powerful. It's the only logical explanation. I'm going to have to play that game and find out. He got longer funny. golf clubs like Bryson DeChambeau, and it's just, you know, <laughs> he, cheating. He got <laughs> someone like to fit him for the right set after all these years. Oh, goodness, of being a professional golfer and playing with clubs that are too small. <laughs> yeah. A professional video um, game golfer. So I'm going to pull a little page out of Pretty's uh, book here, and I will be hmm. taking... A little bit of a two for the price of one. But I'm going to take Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo is the golfer, but mm. Kazooie's in the backpack. That's two golfers. Um, so, sure. Um, but Kazooie's around. He's in the squad. He's just not actually one of our golfers. He is literally snuck in like you sneak in beers in the bag of Banjo. And that means we can, you know, fly around to do some other stuff. He's an ally that is just helping the team, but he's not on the team because we snuck him in in a backpack. And Banjo is great. I- that was very good. I know. I know that this is not how their their relationship works, but I full on imagined uh, Banjo taking Kazooie and wielding him like the Queen of Hearts does in that croquet game with the flamingos and using Kazooie as the club. I mean, they're very adept swimmers as well. So if Pablo were to accidentally put one in the water, which he won't, he's too good. We can just go get the ball. We can find it. We can get into trees and get stuff out of there. Kazooie can just scout for us. He could be like, "Hey, Kirby's coming." Pablo, hide, and, you know, <laughs> then, you, then Kirby's like, I can't play this hole because Pablo's gone. So it's a flawless pick. All right. Uh, I do feel like I need some overall general skill on my team. 
Uh, Y'all are going to hate this, but it would count. I'm going to take none other than 007 himself, James Bond, because it has been proven that he is a scratch golfer. Has it? Canonically. Has that been proven? In Goldfinger. He beats Goldfinger in a, in a game of golf. Okay, here, uh, point, point of order, point of order. You said <laughs> oh, at the beginning of this thing that the characters have to be video game characters, like exclusively. 007 is definitely more so a name known by the movie than the video game. And he did right. not play video game. He did not play golf. I in any do 100% agree knowledge. with Joe on this one. Uh, it, that James Bond. Also, really good point of yes. order. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, example. well, you really we've well been, done. We've been Thank missing you. that, that in the podcast for fifty some odd episodes. Mostly pretty <laughs> has been. <laughs> no, I, I do think that James Bond is a movie star, not a video game star. For what it's worth, I will allow you to take Odd Job instead. I'm the only one that's allowed <laughs> to do that. <laughs> No, uh, okay, fine. I'll pivot. I'll pivot off the James Bond. I thought that that'd be contested. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, no. I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna pivot off the that. Uh, sometimes you just need some luck, and uh, a similar set of skills that this person would have. I'm gonna take Lara Croft, uh, the Tomb Raider. I think that is lucky. Pick. Great aim. Great. Lara Croft was on my list. Uh, Lara Croft really okay. is great at everything. Um, so yeah. Really good, really good. Excellent. Really good pick. Okay. Um, I'm back to fighting with Joe. Um, you got to raise Donkey Kong. He he grabbed Donkey Kong because he wanted the brawler off the tee, hit the crap out of the ball, and not hold back. Um, my person to do that would be Captain Falcon. Um, put a driver in the arms of Captain Falcon and say... It's time for a Falcon Punch level smash. And I think the ball would explode, which is sort of what I thought was going to happen when Hovcamp, who has really big arms and works out a lot, just tried to just hit the ball as hard as he possibly could. And it didn't blow up. Instead, it went really, really far. And um, if we were playing in a scramble, I think I would tell Hovcamp to do that every single time. Um, Because even if it only works 10% of the time, we're still got with two really good tee shots um and we're probably not using his anyway so in any other situation so captain falcon would be my uh he's my guy off the tee it is an exhausting way to tee off for 18 holes i will point that out i don't know how many of those shots i could just do all the time uh we'll have to find (laughs) out um okay so at the same time that you need a heavy hitter at the tee you really need a laser-focused character on the putting green. Uh, when you get to the green, the big... No, no, uh, no, 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 no. The, the most, important, most important game you can play during golf is the short game. Um, you, can, you can get to the green no matter you know, <clears throat> how you want. My you whole game get is it short in, game. In one um, as, or two strokes. As someone who... Uh, often takes the entire gentleman's to get to the green. I really don't agree that that the putting is the most <laughs> important because if you don't get to the green, it doesn't really matter how well you can putt. You can easily shave off five or six points off your handicap if you can learn to two putt or less every hole. Easily. So the short green is incredibly important. And um, a character <clears throat> who I thought of after I realized I can't use Tiger Woods, who has uh, laser focus... 
Um, he has to because he's got to stay in the shadows. Um, he's got to play multiple different parts because he's because he's got to be able to take down his target flawlessly. Is Agent Forty Seven from the Hitman series? Um, he is going to be honed into that ball, focused on getting it to the hole, uh, reading the greens like a master. Um, so that who's that's who we're going to count on for the putt. And hey, if he doesn't make it. Well, Kirby will just suck up his power and, and try again with the same power. So, uh, Age of 47 Hitman. We are uh, not... That's very solid. Not grading this based on the, the movie translations, but has to be one of the worst movies that has has like been made. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they made a sequel. And that's oh. got to be one of the worst movies ever to get a sequel to. That's a great, great pick. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. 47. Very solid. Hope Camp, who's your last uh, pick? It's a dragon. It's Spyro. Not gonna not have a dragon. <laughs> the, the end. <laughs> Is he gonna bring value? I don't know. I have a dragon on my team. Deal with it. <laughs> Only team with a dragon. <laughs> this is <laughs> Joe. In case you didn't know, Hofkamp always puts a dragon on his team in some shape or form. That was so, gonna go with Parthenax was one of my options from Skyrim. Much bigger dragon. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm, see. I don't do Skyrim, so I feel like it's disingenuous to take. A all-powerful <laughs> dragon from something I'm not really familiar with, just for the sake Fair. of a dragon. Um, but I, I am familiar with Spyro, and he would just be a delightful addition to hang out. Like it's basically me and Conker getting wasted, Banjo and Spyro having fun, playing a little golf, and Pablo carrying the team, and that's how you win scrambles and have a great time. <laughs> My last pick. Uh, I need. Uh, really, I just need somebody who can keep calm and composure and. And just in general has like a nice even keel about them. Um, maybe a little dry in their delivery of lines. So I'm taking Geralt of Rivia. Uh, he was not on my list because he would be terrible company. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also the person who would like lone wolf a hole because he is the lone wolf. Well, he's the white so, wolf. Here. That's a good one. Yeah, fine, but still. Also lone, lonely. <laughs> um, I mean, he would, like, he would like drink his potions and be better than everybody else because he is a mutant that can do that um, and uses magic. But uh, I just... I think my team's easily going to win this. I just I mean, think... This is... yeah, I don't want to hang out with your team at all. <laughs> Zero. Zero chance. We're here to win. the bar afterwards. Zero chance. We're here to win. They're going to be so serious. It's going to be a nightmare and still not be better than Pablo Sanchez or or Pablo Sanchez in pink fluff form on Joe's team. True. true. <laughs> Kirby's not really, you know, exclusively. Kirby will go nowhere near Geralt. Or really. We'll just say that. You don't want to touch that power. No, no. Oh, okay. that negativity in his life. Also, Geralt, also Geralt might kill him. He might be a monster in his eyes. I'm so true. <laughs> I, uh... This This guy had a hand. <laughs> Which isn't the most out of hand thing we've done on a golf course. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hand when I got run over by C-Slap. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. That came to mind. Um, okay. I really racked my brain about... Um, is there a Pokemon that would be helpful for my team? Yes. Um, 
I Several. Started, yeah, so that was my issue, was I came up with too many and too many reasons why. Um, the, the idea of, of Cubone came to mind because he walks around with the bone and can use that as the golf club, but <laughs> the idea of having someone play on my team who wears the skull of his dead mother to the golf course is something that would just really bother me. Um, <laughs> Until we established it wasn't going to be the most ridiculous thing to occur on the golf course. He's back right, in play. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hear what Joe's doing with Agent 47, and I have enough power on my team to be really deadly to get to the green. So who is the most focused um, Pokemon available? And I'm going to go with Mewtwo um, as the... Hmm. I thought you were going Psyduck uh, there. No, <laughs> I really it wasn't going to go like Psyduck, Psyduck at any point. Bit more focused. Do you? <laughs> does it? Um, so I'm going to go with, with Mewtwo. Uh, there you go. Mewtwo. That's good. You should have picked Chansey, though, for luck. I, I almost was like, I, it's, I'm really passionate about repairing ball marks so Doug Trio <laughs> is going to be my, also my Pokemon of choice but uh, I went with try to win uh, and I'll stick I think Mewtwo is probably the most focused of the Pokemon excellent so the last pick correct yep the yep. last yes, pick Joe. of them all the last pick of them all so I've got Donkey Kong off the tee well first of all I've got Kirby who can just suck up any of these powers it doesn't even matter like, You've give me whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I whatever whatever <laughs> shot we need, we got it. So that's Kirby. We got Donkey Kong off the tee, smash the shit out of the ball. Great. Even if he misses, Kirby can suck him up, try another shot. Whatever. We got Donkey Kong. We got Agent 47 on the green, laser focus. So what we need is, what happens? And a scramble, inevitably, you think you've got it, and then three people have a shitty shot. And it's somewhere you don't want to be, and it comes down to the last person. Um, who has a chance to create their own luck. If there's mistakes, the ball's on a bad lie, the ball's not in the hole, the ball needs to get off the tee and be in a safe spot. Did you just say, what are you going to do? Say the you ball's place not it? in the hole as if that was the luck? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. That is exactly what I said. Because this person does not care. He can play, they, she can place the ball wherever they want. Because I'm going with Chell from the portal series who's got the oh. gun because all you need no. to do is drop a portal Boop. under the ball Boop. drop another portal wherever you want it in the hole 500 yards down the fairway wherever you want no. it and that's her shot doesn't matter place the ball wherever you want we win the scramble isn't portal the the GG. cake is the cake is the lie isn't that from portal yes, yes that is yes the yes yes i'm not that's gonna the lie end of the things i know about portal I, so Joe, normally I am I am the uh, most knowledgeable video game person here, um, but uh, you definitely beat me out, and I, I'm not gonna lie, Joe's team wins. Like, he, it does. I think all of your all's teams fail a little bit. It's it's about winning and having fun on the golf course, and my team clearly does both the best. Kirby and Donkey Kong are like Abbott and Costello. Like, you've got the small fry and the big guy. He's, he's genius. Thanks for sounding like the oldest person on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to have the, Wait, who who wants to have the three stooges no. on their team? <laughs> all, all we know, all we know is to be true is pretty's 
team is going to just bring down the whole vibe it's of the entire Oh, that is so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let me let me recap these teams real quick. Um, Hove Camp is sponsoring a foursome in the golf scramble that will be led by Pablo Sanchez. Um, and then uh, sort of anchored by Conker's Bad Fur Day, um, Banjo-Kazooie and Spyro. Uh, Pretty's <laughs> team includes... <laughs> Definitely the last place team is going to have Pablo the Pablo Sanchez time. is just going to be like, no cart for me, thanks. He's I'm going to ride Spyro. I did almost take Yoshi so that we would just have our own rides. Well, the I, rest of your team great. is going to be passed out at hole 14, and Pablo's just going to finish up. <laughs> He's the whole team. <laughs> and that'll be Banjo fine. and Spyro will chip in a shot every once in a while. Conker and I are having a great time. This is the scramble. This is the team. I do love that Banjo has to use Kazooie as as the uh, club. I think that has to be the case. <laughs> a sentient um, club? Pretty's, team, pretty's, pretty's depressing team is uh, Link, um, Prince Daston, 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 Laura Croft, Daston, sorry, um, my pen and paper, you know. Uh, Laura Croft and Geral of Riviera. Of Rivera? Of Rivia. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, you should watch the first season of, the, of the Witcher, but no. probably not the second. Pretty's team is going to be the one that shoots like 17 under and is really confident in their score until they get to the clubhouse and realize someone else has like 42 under. And then they're just going to be pissed and leave and go home, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't stay, stay. for the door prizes. No, don't stay for the door prizes. Door prizes. We leave. Uh, my team of uh, hilarious relevancy is uh, Sora, um, King Dedede, Captain Falcon, and Mewtwo. Um, <laughs> and they've been assembled exclusively to square off against uh, Joe's team, which is uh, led by uh, four Kirbys uh, and no one else. <laughs> that's what he wanted. That's, yeah, what, that's, what, he, that's what he drafted that's first. Uh, four Kirbys. Um, when I texted him today, I told him about this. He was like, all right. Don't take this, but I'm just going to draft four Kirby's. I was like, well, first of all, you can't. Uh, second, <laughs> second of all, I do Kirby from Kirby Dreamland. Stop telling Kirby me what from you're going to do. Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kirby, uh, Donkey Kong, Agent 47, and Shell. Uh, so those are the teams. Um, if we get around to it and I can look up fun pictures of each of them, we'll put them on the Instagrams and people can vote on which team would actually win. Um, in the in the scramble of video game characters, excellent work, gentlemen. Thank you. Was a Agreed. Blast. I think uh, <laughs> I would I would buy that game easily. <laughs> These are the right. sixteen golfers you yeah. had to choose from. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Super Smash, like Super Smash Brothers, Brothers, Brothers with golf. Yes, yes absolutely. Like, like this is uh, well oh done. My God. The Airbnb uh, golf aired scramble. Let's make that video game and uh, that'd be great. I can't wait. Um, yeah, so let's do some hot toddy takes. Uh, Kevin, I feel like you were the the mastermind of, of this one, so why don't you uh, sure, kick I'll, us I'll into it. Sure, I'll just start it. Intro. Hot toddy takes. Yeah, so summer is almost here. Um, yeah, we've started to get some warm weather days. People are cutting their lawns again. I saw uh, a mon- my first monarch the other day. There was a monarch. Um, what king? You know, there was, was only... a king through your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Yep, flying around. Yeah. Yeah. A flying king. I think king. it was actually a queen, but go on. Okay. Um, and and so I thought it would be, you know, interesting for us to spend some time just briefly discussing some, some hot takes that we each have 
uh, that are sort of summer themed. So um, what's something that, uh, that you firmly believe in uh, that uh, others would find shocking and appalling? Uh, let's start with our, with our guest, Joseph. Oh, man. Okay. Give me a hot toddy take. I, I also got to know, how did Kevin like explain this segment to you, Joe? <laughs> he, said, he said, come up with a hot take that's summer themed. And that was that was it. And then he gave me a dumb example. He gave me an example of uh, no one should wear swim trunks. Swim trunks. We should instead just wear shorts. Well, I said, here's an example of like this. I w- um, yes. Which okay, if that was a belief Kevin had, would be a hot take because it's dumb. <laughs> it's real. It's real dumb. Fair. I guess swim trunks are amazing. Okay. Maybe it was a really good. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like. <laughs> it's it's an unpopular <laughs> opinion. That's what the hot take is. That would be an unpopular. Well, and the other thing is, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of one yet. Uh, by the time I was trying to give him an example, and if I had one example, I wasn't going to have two. Um, so it was the best I let's, could. Yeah, come let's up hope with, we don't so. step on each other's toes with this one. I only got one. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, I have, I have two. Um, I think one is a little bit more local. It has to do with sort of Riverbend outdoor concerts. Uh, it's a thought I have. Um, I'll, I'll say it real quick, but then I'll move to my second one. That's kind of my main one. The, the first one I have is I have a, a whole lot more fun. I would pay a, the ticket price to tailgate in the parking lot the whole time and not go into the concert because going into a busy music venue is less fun than staying all night in the tailgate parking lot. Um, and that, that goes for any any sort of outdoor concert, summer venue, anywhere. But <clears throat> the one I'm going to go with, which is more... Um, I guess global is the koozie. The koozie as, as an item um, holds very little purpose because if you are drinking beer in the heat of summer, there is no reason a beverage, a beer should last as long as it would take for the koozie to become useful. You drink that thing ice cold. You drink it quickly so that you don't have to worry about the temperature after 30 minutes of the beer you finish the beer before it has a chance to even think about getting warm so the koozie is a pointless object in the summer well i think this is a real (laughs) (laughs) oh i think this is amazing this is this is a beautiful this is great this is exactly what the content we need this is explain this to him well see he get it i think the swim truck example really (laughs) set the tone for him coming up with an actual hot take yes that really was inspiration (laughs) so but like if you aren't using if the beer gets warm in like five minutes in the heat of the summer so you're basically just chugging beers you're like oh here's a beer shotgun otherwise it'll be warm that's a terrible way to to chug a beer that is so sad if, for you. If you're, if you're playing an outdoor game, if you're playing an outdoor game like, like I don't know, we play all sorts of Dude, outdoor and games. Jam. Um, like can jam. And can where jam. you have chip to have jam. a beer in your hand for the entire game. We, we don't have to have a beer in our hand for chip jam. Um, yeah, no, that's impossible. Unless you're Donkey Kong. Because um, <laughs> he hits it with one hand. <laughs> good, right. good point. Really good point. Good callback. Good callback. Good callback. But it takes more than five minutes to drink your beer in that moment. And you have to not only keep your beer from getting warm, but you want to keep your hand from getting cold. You take it out of the ice cold freezer or cooler, um, your hand's gonna be cold. Yeah, Who wants cold a, hands? A, a cold a cold hand is a blessing in a in a hot summer day. I would I would put the beer up to listen, listen. You get really hot, 
what happens sometimes? You want to put the beer up to your forehead? You want to feel the condensation? You want to feel the coolness of the inside of the beverage? You can't do that with a koozie. All you feel is warm clo- and cloth. If you are if you play a game of beer, die, you're drinking like seven beers that aren't even the beer you're drinking. It, that You just have your beer in a koozie because you're going to want to come back to that after the game. So you are you need that koozie. Well, you're not going to want to. You're going <laughs> okay. to come back they to have, it, but they you're have, not going to want to. They have these to. things. It's amazing. They have these things. They're boxes. You can put ice in them, and you can put beers in them. And they're even portable ones where you can put, like, two or three. And they're called coolers. <laughs> you just set that wherever you want. You don't even have to put sitting, your beer in the You're sitting koozie. on the cooler in the middle of this game of beer die, knocking, sloshing it around. You have an open Easy beer. Access. You have an open beer. It's going to be spilled, and there goes everything. And that's even more wasteful than a warm beer. I don't think coolers are boxes. I I don't think I don't think <laughs> setting a closed beer in a koozie is a very efficient way of saving no, you're beers o- you to drink. No, you open the beer. You're in the middle of drinking beer. Someone's like, "Hey, hope can't plan you up for beer." Now you're like, "Yeah, I'm in. Let's go." And now you have a half drank beer that you got to keep cold while you play this full game of beer die where you're drinking three to four beers at least throughout the course of that game. Uh, point of order. I think the only reason why that should be necessary is if you are drinking some type of specialty beer. But if you're drinking Coors Light for beer dye and Coors Light for your drink, why does it matter? That is not a point of order. That, that is, is, I have an opinion. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're outdoor playing, if you're outside playing, if you're if you're drinking a specialty beer, you're inside, you're at a party, you want to sip on like a 9% IPA or whatever, okay, have a koozie. In, we're talking about summer-themed hot takes, right? Summer games. Like yep. You're drinking yep. Keystones. You're drinking Natty Lights if you're in college, whatever. You're drinking those fast. And I'm casually drinking. And I'm casually drinking an Oberon or a sour. And I, won't, I don't really like that in a koozie, so I don't have to chug it. Right. So again, yeah. But Joe is saying, yeah. But like, if you're drinking the the Coors Lights, then you you don't need a koozie. It's pointless. I agree. I agree with Joe. I would love to do an analysis on how, like the standard koozie. You think about a koozie, it's like what are what are, like a quarter inch uh, of of like of foam of foam. It's not even like a, a a compact object. Like the standard koozie, quarter inch of of like oh, spread out. Right Think about atoms and what. Oh, there you go. Like I would love to compare after ten minutes, non koozie, and you know the standard flimsy koozie. How the temperature of the beers and what really has decreased. I just think it's a silly object in the summer. I think you're throwing out the temperature of the hand yes, on the beer matters. way too, also way too, yeah, Kevin really has sensitive matter. hands. So on a scale oh, of okay. one, one being that not offensive, one being not offensive and five being as offensive as the way that pretty just said the word cures. Um, how do <laughs> cures? we, view, ten, how do so we, ten view, is the most offensive? Uh, no, no, five oh, is five. the most offensive. So, so I was uh, <laughs> scale one to five. How Huge. offensive is this take from Joe to you, Huff Camp? Uh, I think it's about a four. Koozies matter a lot to me. I I love this take. There is only one koozie that I use for sentimental value, and it's just to identify my beer. I could care less about what an koozies. amazing additional reason to use a koozie. Kevin, what's your one to five? Uh, this is four and a half. This is incredibly <laughs> offensive to me. I'm I'm really upset with him. All all, all particular, uh, but I am ready to move on. Pretty. Uh, give me give me a hot toddy take. Great. <clears throat> so my hot toddy take during the summer is uh, there is absolutely zero reason. Once May, I don't know, whatever. Let's just pick an arbitrary date. Let's say May fifteenth. There is zero reason why. And again, this is kind of regional. Why in kentucky or even in new york although here it's been been a little unseasonably cold zero reason why the heat should be turned on 
in a building at any given point past May 15th until September, in my opinion. Kevin, and the what, I think being you should have sent is, Pretty an example of what a hot take is. <laughs> Who's got the Let the record on? state. Let the record state. Joe and Huffcamp and I are all giving Pretty a what in the actual dumb f*** are you thinking about in this moment? Look at this moment. Like it was a really incredible, synced and unplanned <laughs> universal look of what? Even, even like the Do Yukon territory doesn't anywhere? have the heat on past June 1st. The new guy understood this so much more than you. And I don't know why. I, 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 you know what? We interrupted him though. Pretty why is this a hot take? Wait, I think I gave I was giving a different look than you two because I well, I'll let pretty finish, but because up here in New York, many times there are times when you're you go into a building and if it dro- does drop to like 60 degrees or something, the heat kicks on automatically because of whatever building energy efficient baloney. Plus, I'm not going to throw people under the bus or say names. Uh, but somebody uh, who is um, the significant other of someone who is not here on the podcast tonight has been known to turn on uh, some obscure temperatures in order to regulate uh, the So obscure the temperatures would be turning the AC on and setting the temperature very high. So if you have a hot take about what the temperature on the thermostat should be, I'm, I'd be delighted to hear that. Turning the heat on in the summer is not a hot take. That's just a stupid idea. The heat will never kick on because it's always going to be too okay, hot. Okay, cool. Then pivot it. <laughs> pivot it to, to yeah, the hot take then is you should never – I don't know. I'm also a person who, who kind of lives rather chill and, like, whatever. If it hits 70 degrees in the house, I don't have the AC on until I live rather chill, you know, whatever. <laughs> See, my thought was, if if you, I mean, in New York, whatever, if, if, if you're up in Maine, if say uh, late May is still at like forty degrees outside, kicking heat on for a little bit. I I I disagree <laughs> with the statement as, as a hot take, and I dis I say, if it's cold enough, put the heat on no matter what. Yeah, yeah. We have some weird weird days of cold that come through. If you don't want your house to dip down to like the 50s, if it's a 40 degree day, May 20th, yeah, kick the heat on for a few minutes. Hashtag global warming. Anyways, that's my hot take. Did you so like think about this offensive. beforehand? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I never do. The hot take, the hot toddy takes is the segment that I despise the most because I'm always like, oh God, I don't have a hot toddy take. Yeah, that was apparent about? this time. We gave you so much notice. Wow. So much notice. Are we going to do the grading now? No, we don't, we don't need to. We're, we're just going <laughs> to Everyone's right not on. offended okay, by the take, hot... but just everything else about it. Uh, I think I do have a... I... Okay, I'm sorry. Scale of one to five. How offended are you about pretty? <laughs> oh, just fine. in general, just how he's living his life. <laughs> oh, how he's living his life? Probably living. Like you team. know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see if I can find myself a Cures Light. <laughs> cures Light for the Bourbon and Brothers okay. podcast. Right. Hove, give me a give me a. All right. Hot so here, here's my hot take, and there's a couple of things I think that you associate most readily with summer, uh, and some of the things people look forward to. Kevin is opening up the pool. Pool days, amazing, great summer experience. Uh, baseball is back, despite the best efforts of uh, players and owners. Going to a baseball game, amazing summer experience. Um, one summer experience that I just 
don't care about is the cookout. I I think the food is fine. I but like it doesn't entice me. You're like, hey, we're coming over for a cookout, and I'm like, okay, is there like yeah, uh, like is the pool there? And they're like, no, we don't have a pool. We're just coming over for burgers and brats. And I'm like, I mean, I'll come over and hang out, but I don't care about this cookout experience that you're giving me. Um, I think burgers are fine. I think I think the hot dogs are fine. It's all just whatever. I'll come and hang out because I like people and I'm extroverted and that's a fun experience. But the cookout does nothing for me. The pool does something. Yard games do something. But the actual act, if the main thing is I'm grilling out tonight, I don't care. Let's just go have dinner and hang out. I For the listeners, I just need to point out that both Kevin and Joe gave the exact same face. And that face was, you asshole, I've invited you over to so many cookouts at my house hosted, over the course of I've our lives. i hosted cookouts. I, t- I get their yeah, value. No. I just don't care about the cookout part. If it's a new reason to get people over, I'm in for it. But we can just come over and hang out, and I'll be just as happy. I I have two things uh, in response to this baloney claim. Uh, Number one is what I was talking about before, the tailgating and not going into the main event. Tailgating is all about cooking out. Playing some games. Playing games. Hanging I, out, I am, talking. There is a beer. small caveat. I am differentiating playing games and that, with, with cooking out. So, And that goes into my second thing. What cookout have you ever been to where it's just come and watch me grill, eat my food, go home? There is always activities going <laughs> well, on. If there's a cookout, no, no, no. If there's a cookout, there's a nice day outside. People are hanging out. There's got to be yard games. Otherwise, it's not a cookout. It's just a come, like, let me cook you dinner. Like, yeah, that's exactly. not a cookout. That's not a barbecue. So, all right. The thing is, the allure to me is not the cookout. It's the yard games and friendship. And I'm saying they go hand in hand. I, I think you can. I would I would don't care about the food. You could just say we're order pizza. We You could just say leave by dinner. And I'd be like, excellent. Let's do it. Every time you say I don't care about the food, you are shoving a dagger further into my side. I. Oh, eat I really the food. believe I enjoy the food. until I love this morning, this but... this moment, whatever. But it's not just I know that you'll eat it. I I believed until today in this moment that you loved my meats. Like I thought that my meat was the meat that made Kevin, your that's heart what I'm saying. beat. Your meat, like, your meat's I, amazing, I thought, but it doesn't have to I be make... meat on the grill in the summer. I've had meat from you in the home in the winter, and sometimes that's the best meat. The winter meat is just as good as summer I mean, meat. I... Sometimes I'll smoke meat. I'm and getting I'll a little say, uncomfortable. Who would love this meat that I've smoked in the smoker more than anybody? And I say it's Hope Camp because I Hope really Camp. think only eat meats. The, so I think come the over smoked, and eat my I meats. I think smoking meats is uh, that's that's better. That's much better than regular like on the grill burgers and brats and dogs and whatever else. Smoked meats pretty pretty solid. That you can I take you can hurts, entice me hurts. with smoked meats. You can't entice me with on the grill out. I think I think the the idea of a cookout um, has done you wrong one too many times, South Camp. I think that people have said come to the cookout and it hasn't been up to your expectations of what a cookout really should be. Um, the activities around a cookout, uh, an outside hangout that just happens to have food with it, it just happens to have grilled delights as part of the fun and games of the day uh that's what a cookout really should be and i'm sorry i'm sorry for you i'm sorry that you had the experience that you've had with things that people have called cookouts which are really just 
dinner parties. Well, in that case, I've are, never been more totally glad you moved to Louisville. the hot take to uh, change cookouts to yard games or activity day, field day, because that's what actually people feel. <laughs> that's what that's what I am more inclined. That's that's going to get me there. So the cookout. Well, then, is then there has to be relay races <laughs> and three-legged races. Fine, I'm we're not going to do that. Put a bunch of big wheels out. Let's race them around the block. I'd much rather that that will get me there more than like I'm gonna put some hamburgers on the grill. I'm so offended <laughs> by this. I can't even move so, on. So um, noted then that from now on, anytime to invite Hove Camp somewhere, say uh, this is not a cookout. This is a an event in which food will be served, but mostly activities and games will be played. No, you entice me to events by telling me who all's gonna be there. People bring me to events, not as like. If everyone's there, I'm going to have a good time. I don't care what we're really doing. but If you build it, they will come. You've moved actually, 90 miles away actually, from us. I've never been less sad about it. It is a very big pet peeve of mine for someone. You invite someone some, somewhere. This is, doesn't really happen much anymore. But I say, hey, do you want to come over to here? And your first response is, who's going to be there? Why does it matter who's going to be there? So, so I'm inviting you to my house. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Why does it matter? That. I would say like, oh yeah, that's that sounds fun. Um, is it a big thing? Is it small? Like you know, there is some expectation of like, are you having everyone you over, fish it out of you. or are you having just me over? Because that's going to change the mood and how we interact and prep for the day. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I'm having just you over, I'd literally say, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? I'll make you some food. Then it's a dinner party, not a cookout, right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying, I would never say who all's going to be there, but I, if you were trying to get me there, tell me who all's going to be there. I won't ask because I'm not an asshole. We could spend so much time on how what you guys just said is not helpful, <laughs> um, but let me just tell you a couple five, things about five. Summer. Super offended. Let me tell you a couple. I, I yeah, too, absolutely. because I feel bad for him and his cookout experience. I'm, I'm a one. I'm at least, not we, at least we got back to take. hot takes. I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not offended by his take. I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I am personally hurt. So would you say you're burnt? It's not offensive. Did it, did it burn you a little bit? It's a, he is it's a hot take. He's very easily burned. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let me talk about summer for a minute. Um, I think I've I think I've said <laughs> on the podcast before. I, I could honestly, we're at the point where for, for so many reasons, I don't remember what we've covered, what we haven't. Um, I think I've said on the podcast before, but in case I haven't, let me just say, lemonade does not quench thirst. Um, when you drink lemonade, you are more thirsty than than before you needed to drink is this, lemonade. Is this My the kid hot take? It's not. It's it's a lead in, but because I think I've already said it. Oh, but, I was going to agree. But but my kid drinks lemonade, my wife drinks lemonade, and I just I don't understand it. Um, if you're like I really want the taste of lemons and sourness, fine. But after I drink lemonade, if I'm hot, I also then need a glass of water because the lemonade made me more thirsty. Um, and I honestly can't remember why I think I've said that on here before, but I think I have. Here's the hot take, though. I'm pretty sure it's just water and light beer that actually help on a hot day. All the other stuff that we say we look forward to in the summer it actually makes it worse. Here, here's, what I'm, here's an example. If you're at the ballpark and you're watching a game and all of a sudden it's, someone passes you and they're like, we've got these uh, helmets full of ice cream. 
and it's like it's so hot ice cream sounds amazing you know what i think when that happens no it doesn't ice cream doesn't sound amazing on a hot day because all it sounds like is consuming milk on a hot day like ron burgundy in that phone booth when milk was a bad choice today um because it just makes you more thirsty um popsicles they get sticky and sugary, which makes me more thirsty. Um, I mean, even Gatorades, to an extent, make you a little bit more thirsty in the sense that they have so much salt and electrolytes in them. Have you seen a doctor um, about this? That they... <laughs> I know. Clearly not, because they just I don't make see doc- guesses. I don't see doctors about this. Um, Nothing quenches my thirst. I, and so when I, when I think about it, it's like... You're it's like You're really, dying. no matter what I've done, <laughs> it's if it's not if it's not water, um, or something that's basically water, like a Coors Light or a Mickey, right? Coors, right. say it right. Coors Light or a Mikulub. Mikulub. Milurk. Sorry. Continue your continue your diatribe, Kevin. Ice cream on a hot summer day is actually. Not in all something that interests me. I don't know when you're supposed to eat ice cream. Um, it drives me crazy that my wife wants it in the middle of winter. Um, like this isn't when you're supposed to eat ice cream. But as I think about that, it's no more absurd than when you eat ice cream in the middle of the summer because you're just going to end up more thirsty. I think um, my disagreement with this take is that refreshing does not have to equal thirst quenching. Cool ice cream can feel really good. And I need a glass of water because the chocolate in it is making me a little bit thirsty. Um, so that's that's my two cents on it. Yeah, no, I, I'll agree with that. I think I think that I could be well hydrated. I could feel well hydrated and feel still hot. Like I feel my body hot. It would be nice to put something cold on my lips, sort of thing. So I. I don't. I don't mind an ice cream on a hot day. I could eat ice cream anytime. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to eat ice cream, you know, in the dead of winter outside. But I can eat ice cream at any point, and still feel like this is the delicious cold treat. I agree. I'm. I'm kind of offended by that, Kevin. <laughs> because <laughs> your reaction tell, uh, says cream, it all. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it because then I was like, oh, I guess I then thought of my better hot take, which would have been like something like I don't know. Chili's great even during the summer because that's what this feels like. That's what Chili this feels great. like. Kevin, that's a great like... hot take. That's a great hot take. Chili is great even in the summer. I'm there. Really well done. What Just a... edit that back in earlier. <laughs> Be awesome. I mean, I agree. It blows but... my mind that what you thought, what you said, it tried to present as a hot take <laughs> when you just were, had this hot take in your mind the whole time. It's perfect. That's exactly what the segment's about, pretty. Do that. Right. Well, but going back to Kevin, though. Like him saying, oh, ice cream is not great during the summer. Okay. Ice cream is just a, a great dessert. Like, I'll go have ice cream right now. It's like 40 degrees outside, but I'll go have ice cream right now. But it feels like it. people fine. think it's meant for the summer. Oh, okay, okay. In that regard, sure. I am i don't think – whatever. I'll eat ice cream anytime I want. I'll and I'm just crap. saying it's as meant for the summer as cheesecake is. It's always cheesecake's heavy, delicious in the milky – it's delicious in the winter. Not refreshing to me in any way. It's delicious, I'm, I'm just, but it's not I'm, refreshing. I'm just shocked you threw light beer in there, and, and I didn't just leave it at water because you know you've got you've got light beer, you've got seltzers now, 
you know, you've got hard seltzers. Those are refreshing. They're cold. They're, they've got hard. Oh, okay. Oh, so your hot take is just a matter of Kevin's opinion. Honestly, uh, Kevin, you and I probably could have come with a hot take that seltzers are absolute trash. (laughs) That would have been a good hot take too. Some people would have gotten offended by that. But I think there are plenty of other beverages that are good in summer and refreshing. If your if your hot take was nothing else quenches my thirst, light beer doesn't really quench my thirst. I just like beer. I like a light beer because it is it is accepted worldwide as something that should be kept cold. These guys uh, gave me a hard time. They gave me a hard time at some point because I was saying at my father in law's. I drink beer, and they were like, "You never drink beer," and I was like, "No, I drink beer in like one occasion." And it's when I am adjacent to a pool, right? Um, you walked I down love... and you said, uh, as soon as I get to my father, like you were talking about, you said, as soon as I get yeah, to my yeah, father-in-law's yeah, yeah, yeah. for right. Christmas, we don't need to rehash for Christmas, the yeah. first thing I do right. is I open up we a don't fridge need to and crack it. open a beer. And we all looked at no, you because we're like, beer out of his what keg. an interesting yeah. thing that is atypical of your usual personality, especially in December. I hear you. I guess I'm just saying it's because when I'm like summertime drinking by the pool, a light beer is in fact both refreshing and thirst quenching to me. So anyway, I feel like three of us understood the assignment and um and all four of us offended at least one other person in the group today so really uh, well pretty, done that is how pretty to his credit turned it in late <laughs> he did he did uh per year 50 credit yeah. so it's time to play a game um and joe i've given no prep oh, for this game because we've played it only once and uh, huff camp leads it the premise essentially is joe Huffham's going to say well, a thing. I, you want me um, to lead my game? Go, yeah, go okay. for it. Go for it. <laughs> I gave you the last segment specifically <laughs> well, okay. for Okay, no, this. actually. Let's play a game. I do have, let me cut you off before you explain the game. Um, and just say two quick things. One is, I did tell Joe to bring a crappy yeah, I was going to ask about that. Um, that was the first question. Because I there's, a, there's a point at which you, if you end up losing the round... You need to take a drink of your crappy liquor. That's the first thing I have to say. The second thing I have to say is my crappy liquor might not be crappy, but it is moonshine. Um, and I have been asked um, to give a special shout out. So just give me this this 30 seconds. Kristen, my wife, is friends with somebody who runs the distillery Granddaddy Mims. And Granddaddy Mims is a moonshine distillery that's based out of Blairsville, Georgia in the United States. They make it all, kind of all kinds of moonshine. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that is a country. So um, none of us can tell you where it is except for Huff Game. Um, so anyway, we went uh, – uh, Granddaddy Mims doesn't distribute yet. But one of the places uh, – everywhere. But one of the places they do is like one liquor store chain in the city of Louisville. And um, it's the one that's attached to Cox Smokers Outlet. So when I was in Louisville recently, we went there and – Kristen said, I want you to try this moonshine because you try all kinds of moonshine on the podcast and tell them what you think. I've never tried it before. I'm gonna ha- it's gonna be my liquor of if I happen to lose. And I'm gonna tell you about it when I drink it. But here's what I need you to know. It's a hundred and forty proof moonshine. So it is the strongest moonshine I've ever had. The ever. consistency um, with which you drink I'm- moonshine in these segments astounds me because I don't think it's ever worked out for you. <laughs> the next morning. 
That's a seventy percent alcohol for those. My wife is encouraging me to drink this while recording myself. I'm I'm all for Um, it. So. Grand we Daddy need to Mims do everything in our power to make Kevin lose whatever game so, this is. So it is a little bit tricky to do that. Uh, and Joe, no, you, you do not no, you not. do not have to take a shot every time that you are the drinker. You just have to take yeah, a small Kevin, Kevin takes quantity a shot and it, it, it I, I won't be taking a full shot of this. <laughs> I have been drinking my shitty bourbon uh, for this everything but the first five minutes when I finished yeah. off the yeah, Eagle that's Rare. T- and that's pretty typical. Really Good. <laughs> Welcome to yeah, the show. Yeah, that's how it works. I drink a Bushmills bottle that never ends. Kevin drinks moonshine. Pretty drinks. He only has like three bourbons within arm's reach. And Flynn has something else. Old Granddad, usually. That's actually Old usually Granddad. Perfect. Very solid. Excellent reference to Flynn. Old Granddad bonded. Even better. Yes. <laughs> that's Flynn's like great grandpa or something on there. Yeah. 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 I think he gave me, he didn't give me this bottle, but he did give me the 114 that I have in my so, liquor cabinet. Um, so, also, just so. That we note Kevin went on for over a minute, not 30 seconds. But here's how the game works. Uh, <laughs> the game's called Benchmark. Let it be known. Point of order. <laughs> Benchmark works. Uh, I'll come up with like a, a themed round where the way this worked last time, Joe, to give you an example, uh, I say Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian is your benchmark. The category is Star Wars. And then I name three or four different other Star Wars installments. You have to tell me which one you like more. The Mandalorian, or the one that I say. Pretty simple. Love it. We do it kind of quick, so it's like a one, two, three. All three of you say it at the same time. If you're the different one, you have to take a quick swig and explain why you have such a terrible opinion. Interesting. Okay, so that's how the winners and losers. So you don't really get points. You just have to explain your belief uh, if you're the oddball. If all three of you all agree, I probably set a poor line. I take a swig and why I explain why I think it was closer than you guys are giving it credit for. Do you also take a swig if it's more... So say I was not uh, a Star Wars fan. I am. I love The Mandalorian. But if I wasn't and just threw a random thing out there, is that on you or is that on me just for not knowing my stuff? No, that's on you for not knowing your stuff. You should... The whole point of this is that we're kind of all nerds um, in our own way and you should at least have, if you haven't seen it, an opinion on the stuff that I throw. Perfect. Basically, Joe, you and I just have to think opposite of Kevin to get him to drink a lot. Genius. That, yes. I feel like we think <laughs> yeah. very similarly. That's why it's a little Except bit tricky because we do it at yeah. the same time. I'll say like one, two, three, and then you say whichever one you prefer. So it's not like you hear Kevin's and can scheme against him. Um, it's good for podcasting, I think, is talking over each other all at once. That's, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> we're, we're expert yeah, podcasters. It works out better that's than you think. <laughs> Usually, uh, it's impossible to edit us because of the clapping uh, perfectly. So it actually you hear it three different times, and then I say, "Oh, perfect! Oh, yeah!" (laughs) Yeah. And then I say, "I heard Kevin say this." We should (laughs) you should leave with this game. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just play this game, and that's how Pretty can set it next time. Yeah, all right, Um, all right. So let's jump in with uh, something that Kevin feels most passionate about: fictional presidents. Okay. I don't know why. why Who's the line? The line is Bill Pullman. I already know my Thomas answer. Whitmore. You haven't said anything. I know my answer. Uh, Independence Day's Bill Pullman as Thomas Whitmore is the benchmark. <laughs> is, is the, the benchmark. Mm. Okay. Um, so Whitmore cool. is the word? Yeah. So you can say Whitmore is, is better or worse than James Marshall, which is Harrison Ford from Air Force One. 
So Whitmore or Marshall. Three, two, one. Whitmore. Pretty. Explain yourself. It's Harrison Ford. What do I have to explain? Uh, well, Harrison you have to take a sip of your stuff and explain Ford. yourself. <laughs> Tell me his amazing Harrison speech. Harrison Ford. He literally... Okay, he doesn't have an amazing speech he in what? Air Force One. But he... Oh, he has the best line ever. Get off my it plane. It is a good line. And just throws him out of the plane. I I think that... Well, he said... He said litra... And didn't Literally. finish the word. That doesn't count as a, as nah, a drink. It, it counts it? enough. No. Okay. Well, drink is pretty said literally. Um, okay. I say literally a lot, Kevin or Joe, whoever. You, you guys are. you guys can make Kevin drink on this one. Uh, Martin Sheen is Jed Bartlett in the West Wing. Who is better, Whitmore or Bartlett? Three, two, one. Whit- Bart- Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, explain yourself, except for, I really like the show. Yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> okay, hang on. Ooh, that reaction, Kevin. That's, that was his first take okay. Take a sign. Okay. Um, how, much, how many more hairs do you have on your chesticles right now? Um, the people from Granddaddy Bims are never going to listen to this, but if they did, what they would hear me say is, that's phenomenal product. To be 140 proof and to be that tasty. These guys have had me, have listened to me drink moonshine. It's 100 proof, 110, 109, 106 at one point, and thought, eh, it's fine. It's not okay. It's just too much corn. This is really, really good stuff. This is really, really good stuff. Um, it, 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 whew, it does return a, a 70% alcohol um, hit. Uh, so just know that. But it is. Um, Really, really incredible stuff. So, congratulations, Granddaddy Mims. Jeb Bartlett is the greatest portrayal of what an American president should be in the history of film or cinema in in the world. He is my hero. He is um, uh, a, a flawed man who makes up for it um, in so many ways by being an excellent leader and surrounding himself with good people. Um, and... And he went to Notre Dame. In this case, Whit- Whitmore, ha- he did go to the University of Notre Dame. Whitmore has one phenomenal speech. Bartlett has at least ten that I could almost recite verbatim. He has great speech writers that help with that, Toby Ziegler, Sam Seaborn. Um, but the show is great because Martin Sheen's portrayal of Jeb Bartlett is phenomenal. Um, Martin Sheen was in the, the film The American President, which is written by Aaron Sorkin, where he played the chief of staff, not the president. And he did such a good job playing the chief of staff in that film that when they dis- when Sorkin decided to write a, um, a, a television show um, about the presidency in the West Wing, he chose Martin Sheen to play the president because he had done such a good job. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect for five seasons. And then the writing sucks after that. Well, um, let's let's stick with Sorkin then. That was well elocuted as a response. Uh, and let's talk about the American president and Michael Douglas's portrayal of Andrew Shepard. Is Shepard a better fictional president than Thomas Whitmore? Shepard or Whitmore? Three, two, one. Whitmore. Whitmore. Yeah, drink Hubcamp. And it is, it, it, Michael Douglas does do a very nice job, but it's a love story. It is a love story. And Independence Day's. Independence Day is awesome. 
Um, and are you, so I'm sorry, are you taking an anti-love stance, Kevin? Are, is love not awesome? I'm saying Independence Day greater than sign, greater than sign, greater than sign, the American president. <laughs> Source material does matter a little bit. Uh, Michael Douglas uh, th- makes that movie interesting to people that don't care about the love story. So that's why I think his portrayal... Aaron as... Sorkin makes that movie interesting to people who don't care about the love Fine. story. Fine, and who, who acts those lines? Uh, so Michael Douglas is the portrayal of a president that I think does a phenomenal job um, as that. Uh, we'll do one more quick one. I think I might lose on this one as well. Uh, Dennis Haysbert is David Palmer in the show 24. So mm. uh, President Palmer in 24 or President Whitmore in Independence Day. Three, two, one. So everybody's aware. Hang, yeah. hang, hang, hang on real quick. So everybody's aware. This is the Allstate guy. Yes, yes. Right? Sorry, President yes. Palmer in yes, 24. That's all it states. helps so to know everybody, 24. Case, <laughs> if you're at home and you don't yes. know 24, this is the... That's why you're in good heights. That's, good heads. Good good heads. Heads. Right. that's Which the he got after he was David Palmer because he was such a good president. Yes. That is, uh, so that is true. Whitmore or Palmer, three, two, one. Whitmore. Whitmore. Yeah, that's not even close. Whitmore was a bad president, or uh, Palmer was a bad president. I will I will combat Kevin on this. Is uh, For the West Wing guy, uh, we got to see his whole term. Right in the show from the, the multiple seasons, two terms, right? Eight years worth of yeah. speeches. Independence Day was over the course of like two, maybe three days. And it was off this the cuff. This guy got down and dirty, nitty that gritty. He gained wit to the improv. Right. No, no, no. Have uh, you, you seen you said, Independence you? Day 2? No. It's I don't need to. Horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> I, is that a, th- a thing? I didn't even yeah, know that was a is. thing. Independence. And looking up okay. all of the famous presidents to make sure that my lines were good, uh, there's a president from Independence Day too. Don't she come at me it. with body of work if you're not going to show the whole body of work. Because I hear you. One speech. First of all, the one speech is incredible. It's not better than some of the ones that the Jeb Bartlett does. But the one speech is so good. I but. see. I'm not even worried about the speech. I'm saying Bartlett just seems like someone who is always in the ivory tower doing administrative work, never on the field like Whitmore was. And, and most getting intelligent, nitty gritty. Most intelligent person that's ever been on television. Period. I just think the signs of a signs of a good boss and a good leader is they can get down to. Uh, you know the people they are serving their level and uh, and do good for them and that's what Whitmore did on Independence Day. Which one is Morgan Freeman the president? Uh, he is Olympus he's has president. No, he down? is uh, president in Deep Impact. Ah, and I like Aaron him. Aaron Eckert is president in one of those, and then um, uh, Jamie Fox is president in the other. I think Morgan Freeman is just that's yeah. right. So those yes. those okay. are Anyways, also presidents that do not okay. rise to Whitmore status. Uh, let's talk about uh, cameos in famous mm. films. Oh, a second benchmark. I like oh yeah, we yeah. This is it's not just one theme. Uh, yeah, it's like three or four. Yeah, we'll run out of time. Excellent. I've got I've got more than we need. Uh, we'll probably do two more. Uh, but I was really excited about these Keep cameos because uh, when I well I'll just, we'll just get into it. Bill Murray in Zombieland is your is your benchmark. Ooh. Oh, that's and that okay. is a good one. Remind me of that scene. Uh, he pretends to be a zombie, and uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! They break into his home. Uh, Bill Murray is pretending to be a zombie, but he's oh, alive. He's, like, he's alive the whole time, and they just he gets shot playing a prank and dies as a fake zombie. 
and Woody Harrelson weeps yeah. at his death. So uh, it's a phenomenal cameo. And I was like, there's no cameo. I can't make that the benchmark. It's too good. And then I came up with four that I think will make you think. Uh, and now we're going to kick it off with David okay. Bowie and Zoolander as the judge in the model walk-off. Yes. You didn't, you didn't I know, tell us I know, but I wanted to make sure yeah, the for the For the listeners, yes, <laughs> we're, I understand. We're uh, so Bowie or Murray, three, two, one. Bowie. Murray. I'm sorry. It's so good. So I good. love David Bowie. It Ever since I saw The Labyrinth with Kevin as a kid, I mean, Bowie all the way. You name Bowie anywhere. Jared I'm, I'm the Goblin. Bowie. Jared the Goblin yeah. returns. <laughs> Joe, Joe, quick question, quick question. Joe, quick question for you. If you were to rank greatest wizards of all time, would Jareth the Goblin King make your top ten? Well, or greatest uh, magi- top, magic top users? Top ten? Oh God! Yeah. Well, magic users and wizards are very. different. It's witches and wizards. wizards. Uh, top top ten. Um, probably like the bottom third of that, but yeah, like. But seven, he's eight, in nine. your top ten. Yeah, yes. but he's in your top ten. Yeah. yeah, I would put him there. Oh Thank darn. You. Thank you. Pretty, Thank pretty. You explain yourself so on validated. this Bill Murray take over David Bowie. What do you? Why do you hate David Bowie? I love David it's not Bowie. What it sounds I just, like. I think like, I think mm. like David Bowie in the Prestige, better cameo. Not, not a cameo. That's uh, it's, it's definitely it's a, not. He's an he's an <laughs> actor in that movie. You're right. He's a named character. <laughs> Nikola Tesla. You are correct. A, Sorry. A cameo I, in thirty percent of the movie is like, what a cameo. Uh, I don't know. The Bill Murray one just it just it's great. It it's so meta and it like Bill Murray is playing like truly Bill Murray in the most Bill Murray fashion cuz Bill Murray would survive a zombie apocalypse. Anyways, that's This is so Murray. tough. It's it's 51% 49% to me. I mean, this it's such a good cameo. But the David Bowie one when he slams his hand down on the stage and says I think I'll be the judge of that. It was like, oh my god, this you is feel perfect. The pressure of the oh box, yeah, right. Oh, I went from six to midnight. It was amazing. <laughs> I loved that camera. Because and it should be noted, though, you're like, wow, was Zoolander a really long time ago? Kevin was old enough to go six to midnight at the time that the movie came out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I went from midnight to like midnight on a bigger clock, basically. <laughs> Joe went from uh, cuckoo to grandfather there. <laughs> okay, okay, That's big bad. Just big bad. we're off the rails. Like a give us British. another, give us another cameo. Uh, let's do, let's do Matt Damon, and he's got a couple, but let's do the Euro Trip one, where he sings "Scotty Doesn't Know." Scotty doesn't know. Uh, so Damon or Murray? Three, two, one. Damon. Damon. It's so David. <laughs> Joe, explain yourself. Well, this is one of the exact explanations that I had mentioned at the beginning of this game where I've never seen Eurotrip. I have oh, no clue. No. But I like no, Bill Murray as this. an actor. No, I've never seen it. Is that the one with... Uh... No, that's he doesn't right. know that Fiona and me do it in my band. Pretty I mean, I know how the fucking <laughs> song goes. I've... I've heard the song before. I've just never seen. He was it. filming something. I can't remember what it was. Um, might have been one of the Borns, and he was on the same location but on a different set uh, as the movie um, Eurotrip. And they basically convinced him 
to show up in the fir- the beginning of the movie as a rock star and sing this song about how he's the character banging the main character's girlfriend um, to set up this I have to go to Europe on a on a Euro trip because I've been cheated on and I need it, Matt know, Damon's mm-hmm. cameo. Whatever. You're like this movie? How did they do that? And uh, it takes Kevin's explanation before you're like, well, that was the best you part can- of the whole movie. Which you'll have a good time watching the movie, but that. That's an amazing it's game. The it's, it's the whole. It's the game. whole part. You could do a whole. You could do a whole like benchmark of Matt Damon cameos. Start with there, and then bring in, you know, Matt Damon <laughs> in, in, in Ragnarok. I, I did. There are, no, in, there are no, no MCU yeah. cameos, but I almost put Matt Damon on here twice because of that. If if, if when, that when was mentioned... the Matt Damon cameo, yeah. When you mentioned Matt Damon, I was going along with Pretty and thinking you were talking about the Matt Damon cameo in Goodwill Hunting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to go along with Pretty, because he's the main character. I, really well done. Well executed, okay, Byrne. David Bowie is not the main character in The Prestige. He is easily a tertiary character. Anyways, continue. Like the, on with the core like the f- Yeah, Michael Caine. Oh, I'm the uh, All right. <laughs> and the Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Uh, Agreed. A great cameo. Geez, what? All right, what, what cameo is okay. better, Bill Murray in Zombieland or Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers? Murray, Buy the meatloaf. Murray, Murray or Ferrell? <laughs> Three, two, one. Ferrell. Kevin, explain I... yourself. What do you? Why do you hate Will Ferrell's Wedding Crashers? I love Will Ferrell's Wedding Crashers. <laughs> It's and uncredited. I, I, I love that Funeral it's uncredited. That's, that's, that's what makes it a cameo. Otherwise, he'd just be a character. It's, I, 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 <laughs> I gotta explain it. to pretty. Um, I hear all. I hear all of those things, and I I do love the character. I, it's so funny. Um, but shock value matters to me. And watching Zombieland at the moment when Bill Murray shows up on screen, the shock value is higher. Then when when Will Ferrell shows up on the screen in Wedding Crashers, it the the cameo performance it, they're so close <laughs> to me and they're so good, but true to my heart, I will say Murray and I will take this shot of Granddaddy Mims 140 proof moonshine. It will be my last uh, of the 140 proof. <laughs> I'm going back to MB Roland 100 proof moonshine for in case for I civility. have to do any more. For s- <laughs> sure. Um, so cheers. Alright, I got one more I got one more cameo uh, on this round, and then uh, it's really, really good. Really good. We'll, we'll see where this one goes. Uh, we got Bill Murray in Zombieland or a Tobey Maguire cameo in Tropic Thunder. Where he is in the preview, the fake preview for Robert Downey Jr.'s star-winning performance <laughs> as, as was... Tobey Maguire in the Monks That Fall in Love. and uh, I'll wait to say it, but... Okay. Oh, yes. It's like eight-time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus, an MTV Award winner for Best Kiss, <laughs> Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny. So Murray or Maguire? I thought you were going to go with Tom Cruise for that movie. I, no, I really yeah, thought that was going to be an option. Wrong, wrong cameo. Um, Murray or Maguire, okay. three, two, one. 
Murray. Maguire. Oh, oh really? I, and, and, What's I was the gonna, shock so... value for you, Kevin, here with Tobey Maguire? What is that much better than Bill Murray here? Please explain yourself. Well, what I was going to say, what I started it's to say, so and then Hope Camp, is that Tropic Thunder is just insane start to finish right? it's full movie. of, of such it, a good it's movie. like it was written by seth mcfarland was it written by seth mcfarland because no. it's oh. like it was where it's so it's well just because it's so random so often but it's hilarious but that one it and here's why it's not because he showed up on the screen the shock value murray wins over mcguire every time it's because of what Huffcamp just said. It was because his MD Movie Awards Best Kiss winner Toby Aguirre. That made it like spit out your soda, throw the popcorn in the theater. Funny. Joe, I think you were with me when we watched or that. Or did we watch that with in Kirk. the movie? He, play, he plays and such a hyper aware version nuts. of himself where it's just like, you were Spider Man and so are, we're kind funny. of a weird pick for Spider Man. <laughs> And I think he, I think he, I think that even translated into No Way Home. Right? He was still almost making fun of yeah. himself in No Way oh, Home yeah. playing Spider-Man. And, Spoiler and, for that, by the way. Yeah, and, and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen No Way Home, stop listening to this podcast and go fuck yourself. I think. I um, <laughs> well, you don't listen so I to guess this podcast. Bye, see ya, guys. <laughs> 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 Have a bourbon on us. Uh, we'll see you next time. Um, I, okay, well, sorry, Joe. but I, I think won't listen to this episode. How about that? You won't. I'll save problem. you from the spoiler. <laughs> no problem. Um, it's better. It's better. So I'm, I'm going to, I guess, I'm gonna, did I already take the shot? I no, you def- you def- no, no, you, you still not. need to take right. it. I think you need to take two. Yeah. Right, here we go. All right, okay. While well, Kevin's prepping this, this uh, what, what's next? Uh, we doing one more? Yes. I think we, one more. we can do. Yeah, yeah. One more. One more round of quick. All ones, right. Yeah. Uh, those were the two that I came up with today that I was like real excited about. So I do hope that uh, we can keep the energy up for uh, MCU villains. I think we'll be able to. Oh, great. Uh, Joe, are you caught up on everything <laughs> aside from No Way Home? No. What else, can, what else no, should no, we no, not spoil? Because one of the best ones, I bet you. Have... Joe, where are you at I'm in the bad, MCU? I'm a bad MCU fan. I watched um, Wanda and Vision, which was very good. Um, oh, God. Okay, yeah, he's way far what, what, These are all movies, so... Have you seen where? What's the last? No, movie I've you've seen, seen. I've seen zero of the Avengers movies. Zero. Yeah, no, I'm very bad. Yeah, we cannot do this. Uh, Disney. Have you seen Encanto? <laughs> I have seen Encanto. All right, that's your. I love Encanto. I've not watched kids. that multiple times. Encanto is your benchmark. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, we got a Joe has switched fully from adult Disney, which is the MCU, to kid Disney. Um, which is fine, you know. When you have two, gr- when you got two girls, you got two that, girls happens, that, yes. that love Disney, yeah, you do it. Um, you know, some of us with no kids do both um, because we are both adult and and my eight year old, five year old girl, and um, at heart. So, 
<laughs> we are drunk and a kid. <laughs> we, are both, we are both no, drunk no, and a kid. No, no. Um, no. Encanto is your benchmark. Uh, and again, take it however you will. Movie, soundtrack, oh, the whole tough. thing. Uh, it is a okay. very good movie. Yep. Is it better oh, God. than Hercules? I can't do this. Hercules or Encanto? Three, two, one. Encanto. Hercules. Ready? Explain yourself. You guys, in, in trying to make Kevin get really drunk, I think Pretty's doing the most here. <laughs> he really is. I mean, it makes sense. Kevin and Joe have been best friends, the Cowboys, <laughs> since like forever best ago. Friend Cowboys. <laughs> good call. It's a good callback. We've been herding cattle <laughs> since 1994. Kevin, they actually wrote Brokeback Mountain about us, but they added some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like the sex stuff. We never did that. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't need to explain why Hercules is better than Encanto. But you clearly Encanto. do because two-thirds of the people playing this game disagree okay. with you. Okay. Uh, Hercules just has a very... If you think about it from its time when it was written, Hercules kind of broke the realm of like oh we're gonna do very different kind of music and it kind of had this whole like gospel flair to a lot of the songs very different i feel like Encanto at this point is kind of following already in the line of lynn songs that we've already got we already had moana go on kevin i know i know you're giving me that look i know you're you you call out the Lynnisms. Encanto is great. I'm not saying it's not great, but Hercules is still like my number two all-time Disney. It sounds movie, like so you're saying that Disney needs to delineate themselves a little bit. No, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that because I think Encanto was an amazing movie, and I think it 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 Encanto's top five, but it's not beating top out five Hercules in all movie. of Disney. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fine, but I think I think with Disney and Pixar, I think there was a fi- there was a line when 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 Up came out where they <laughs> Kevin hates Up. Uh, <laughs> oh, these people don't like Up. Yeah, I was gonna no, say no, Kevin doesn't like don't Up. Don't you dare lump me in with that. Kevin no, no. hates Up. No, no, no. Let, let, let me let me let me finish my sentence. I think there was a there was a point where Disney was trying to entertain with movies. And there was a point where Disney was trying to create movies that really drew you in and pulled at your heartstrings. And I think it started with Up. And Up and the beginning scene where the the wife dies and then you've got Encanto and the relationship between like this girl who doesn't think she belongs and you know, you've got the dead parents and all the kind of stuff for the other movies. I think I think Disney like Hercules is the epitome of a feel good movie. Um, you know, there was obviously some challenges and stuff, but great music, great story. But there wasn't a part where I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sad watching this movie. My, it's pulling that at my true. heartstrings. But true. as soon as you get to Up and the other Pixar movies, it becomes a different genre of movie where, where you just get drawn into the story. I never I never shed tears watching The Little Mermaid, right? But when I watch Encanto yeah. or or Luca or like some of these more recent movies, like, well, uh, really you're get getting in, even you're as getting an adult. real aggressive into the Pixar, um, which has always been uh, it's the most recent. a step up in emotional value, emotional content, quality to Disney movies uh, like, recently. So. Pixar reaches in, Kalimaj your heart, and pulls it out. Great Indiana Jones Temple of Doom reference. 
Encanto is the best Disney movie that's ever been made in the history of Disney movies, period. Wow. You want to just screw me for the rest of this game? Wow. I've made that hot take on this podcast. Flynn called me out on it five, six weeks ago. It's the best, period. Oh, you made that in passing. Um, that was not a full thing. That's why I totally forgot about it. Uh, it. The fact that they've created a movie where the bad guy, the villain... Is keeping your feelings bottled in. That's the villain. That is beautiful. That is important. That is empowering. And the fact that the music on top of it is incredible. And the storyline is empowering. And whether you are apparently two years old like my son or 34 years old like me, by the time you see um, Bruno say to Mirabelle, you are the real gift, kid. Let us in. If you're not weeping, you don't have a soul. So yes, I, it's the best I wasn't weeping. by far, period. So I just need to just say, if you want to just screw me the rest of this game to drink all the moonshine you want, uh, pick anything I, else I other actually than Encanto. Think that, I will pick Encanto every I actually am wondering, if based on your all's conversations, if, if I'm about to get screwed on some of these. Um, I did have the Princess and the Frog in there mostly to try to screw... Flynn, uh, which I don't want to do that now because of my current audience. <laughs> uh, but I do wonder what Flynn would say about that. So Flynn, when you don't listen to this, uh, is the Princess and the Frog better than Encanto? No, that, that's not for you guys. What? Well, okay. No, no, no. Not a good point. <laughs> right, no, 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 no. What not. I was going to say, musically, there is some weight there. Princess and the Frog could be a little better musically than Shut Encanto. Your just saying, freaking pile. But that does, no. the music does not so, make the movie. Uh, it's I, the it's the story. I'm fine. I'm fine to did. take uh, the heat on this one. Uh, Frozen versus Encanto. Pretty simple. Really ready for this one. Three, two, one. Ooh. Encanto. Yeah, I was gonna say Ooh. Joe's gonna take the heat. Joe's there. gonna take the heat. Well, I'm actually with Joe on this yeah, one. So I, Joe, thanks for standing in the flames Frozen for us. Frozen is. I understand Frozen is like mainstream, super popular, but the the idea of if you think back to like Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, all these movies back then, and I I'm raising two girls, okay, um, and sisters at that, and I'm gonna tear up at this, but Frozen is an incredible story that tells of the love of two sisters that does that surpasses the main idea that a male needs to be a hero in romantic love. And the whole idea of Frozen, if you watch the movie, if you really get into it, um, is that Anna needs to be saved. She, she, her sister accidentally turns her heart to ice and she's, she's destined for doom towards the end of the movie, unless an act of true love saves her. And with, with, um, the whole story goes, she's got to get back to this man that she fell in love with in the first scene. Turns out he's bad, whatever. But the whole idea is true love. True love has to be between a man and a woman. It has to be between, um, you know, people, two people that love each other in a romantic way. And at the end, Anna, who is destined for doom, destined to die, sacrifices herself for her sister, Elsa 
and that is the act of true love. And this, the, these two sisters who have become estranged because of Elsa being afraid that she was going to hurt her sister with her power. And the end is, is it's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful story at the end that set that tells of sacrifice and tells of, um, love is not just between a man and a woman. It's between sisters, but it's between family. It's, um, it's just such a great twist ending at the end. That's like, this is really what saved her. It wasn't about, it wasn't about, uh, the dude or or it was about two sisters loving each other and, and being able to sacrifice oneself mm-hmm. for the other so yeah. um Every, everything joe said is correct he's right that's what makes it special and wonderful and an a plus movie i'm 100 percent there i will still choose encanto only because encanto takes a different step in reframing what love is and it's self-awareness and acceptance, right? In Encanto, Mirabelle has to, and and Abuela have to get to a place where they're able to recognize their own misgivings and faults and challenges and all this stuff. And because the enemy in Encanto is keeping your feelings bottled in for so long that you that you hurt the family and yourself, it is equally as special to me. I mean, because both are just so mold-breaking kind of films. So that's why I love them both. And I, I this, it's like one of those 59, 51%, 49% kinds of things with me. But Encanto for 59, me is... 59, 41. Is, uh, so like just, almost a 60, yeah, 40 split. I, I, and I guess the, the root of the reason I chose Frozen over Encanto is because Frozen was the first movie to do that. Yep. Um... Yep. And Kanto follows the paths of things like Up and things like Brave, where you have mm. people realize that they've been all self like the like the grandmother. You've all been self-absorbed with yourself. You're not realizing the real issues at hand. And so I feel I feel like it's a little repetitive in that theme, um, at least as far as the the antagonist uh, goes. You know, the, the, it's the first movie that takes what Pixar does with their extra heartstrings and does it in a Disney way. I one I think it's yeah, one of the first ones. Yeah, to do I, that. yeah. and I yeah. think it does it more and successfully. It, 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 in many ways, it does um, than some prepared. So, but yes, I'll I'll agree there for my sure. my big thing on Frozen um, is when I first watched that, I was floored with the music, the the performances, the the story, the twist, all of it. Um, and I think the big knock on it is just that it's overplayed. That people liked it too much. That they. If you have kids, you just can't escape it. Um, and no one. Well, and Frozen Two is lazy. And Frozen Two is I mean, lazy. We've covered that. <laughs> but I think that's the biggest uh, issue that I ever had with with Frozen. And as someone who has been able to distance himself a little bit from it, it's still amazing to me. And Let It Go is phenomenal. It's an incredible song. And I think Frozen's For great. Sure. For um, sure. So let's do one that uh, is more from our childhoods. Kind of uh, the classic versus the new hotness here. Beauty and hey, Hove. Yeah. Hove. We're gonna close out with this one. Um. Can, can you pivot quickly? Yes. Can you set a new benchmark? Uh, <laughs> you could do Frozen as the benchmark. Frozen. Frozen is the I think you benchmark. should set Lion King as oh, the benchmark. No, because oh, Lion Jesus King, Christ. I refuse to listen to anyone say anything's better than Lion King. So that's just a personal thing that I'm going to do. Encanto's better than yeah, Lion King. Yeah, and I'm not going to listen to that. So um, I could... I, do what you want. I'm just yeah, saying... I could set Aladdin as the if, benchmark. 
Frozen. Sure. Or Aladdin. Sure. Um, Aladdin. So let's do yeah. let's do Aladdin versus Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. Oh. So Aladdin, it's Aladdin good. versus good Beauty stuff. and the Beast. We're closing it out on this one. Aladdin's your benchmark. Is it better than Beauty and the Beast? Three, two, one. Aladdin, Aladdin. and the Beast. And good night, Kevin. Yourself. No. You you can't. There's no chance you. No. One jump ahead, red line. You ain't never had a friend like me. I mean, you're not listening to Beauty and the Beast. It's so close. It's so. It's so. It's so close. It's so close. Those are. Those are perfect. Um. I think Beauty and the Beast is a story we can all learn more from. I think you get to learn about Stockholm syndrome, and that's a different conversation than you were expecting to have. Yeah. Talking clocks. <laughs> Everyone can learn. Accents are less, in, in fact, less offensive in Beauty and the Beast than they are in Aladdin because nobody in Agrabah sounds like they should be from Agrabah, whereas some people in Beauty and the Beast sound like they should be from France. Who? Um, Lemire. Gaston, obviously. Oh, right. Lemire. I mean, it's close. It's close in the sense that they're both really bad at it. Um, I don't know. I would say it's I, close uh, when he says "ma chère mademoiselle." I think <laughs> they tried. I actually would agree. A lot with, more. I would put Beauty and the Beast barely above Aladdin, but it's only because I like Belle more than Jasmine. I think the quality of the movie is basically the same, and so the princess differentiation is where I go. I Robin see. Williams I went immediately. Plus points and. Um, I think the songs are better in Beauty and the Beast across the board. In 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 Angela um, Lansbury, Lansbury, Lansbury is you know you, she's she's all the got song left. of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> that that individual Betty's dead. <clears throat> Angela Lansbury's still alive, right? Uh, yes, she is. Well, all right, she's all uh, got left. <laughs> well, Kevin, I don't know. Last time oh, you put a curse Kevin. on us. Uh. Cheers. Damn it, uh, yeah. that was this she right. She's gonna <laughs> I uh, I immediately went to the comedy of the movies, and I think that um, I I think that the genie the, the genie just steals it from me for Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is it's a good movie. It's a good-hearted movie. It's got some good themes. It's got some some obviously classic movie uh, music. Um, but I would if I were to sit down and and spend an hour and a half of my time, I would much rather be watching. Robin Williams says that's fair. That's fair. Uh, We've never dedicated a significant portion of this podcast to showing why Beauty and the Beast is problematic. We have for Latin. We can do an in depth, uh, a useless in depth analysis on Beauty and the Beast next time. We could. We could. So uh, let's, now that we've got the next show planned, um, anybody got anything else to add before Purdy closes us out? Yeah, I do. Oh, I'm closing out. Yeah, because when I I open, I don't close. That's the rule. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got to talk about that. Um, no, it, it's interesting. Y'all should, uh, everyone should go watch the documentary Howard. Uh, it's about the lyricist who wrote, this is, fun fact, 
Lyricist who wrote who wrote both the lyrics for Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin was writing them both at the same time. It was great. It's amazing. It's just interesting how those those came out in very different fashions. Anyways, uh, yeah. Anyone else got anything fun to share? Nope. Cool. Great. Going once, well, going twice. I, that's I it. Just, We're done. I would like to say I had I thoroughly enjoyed my time here. I hope one of the four of you are sick more often <laughs> so I can hop in because this is a lot of fun. Uh, makes me want to listen to the uh, the older episodes and kind of follow along more. You don't. Um, you, you don't. <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen to the so, first episode. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. This has been a ton of fun. You guys are doing good work. So, yeah. Thank you, Joe. Invite Thanks me. for well, joining. Uh, yes, seriously, I, I wanna... listen, listen to you meet in a tavern. Um, whether you're a D&D person or not, these are funny mother... And, and I also want to so say... It's, it's humor we have... and a good story. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you it, and I also want to say we, I, I did not tell Joe we really try hard not to cuss on the podcast uh, because we want it to be family friendly. And um, and it's been fun tonight because Pretty's gonna have to go in and bloop bleep so and, much. And, when, and um, when Kevin forgot to tell Joe that we try not to cuss, uh, I forgot to tell him that if you say one word, Kevin will immediately say, "Oh, we're cussing tonight," and it'll get real bad. <laughs> So, you know, that's, that's really I'm on real bad at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so freaking sorry, guys. For <laughs> all that. Oh, my God. Pretty, bring us home. We are losing it. Uh, no, no, no. Again, uh, spe- thanks, Joe, for coming on tonight, especially so last minute. Uh, do go listen to You Meet in a Tavern, uh, not just because I compose some of the music for it but also because joe uh is an amazing uh has crafted an amazing community with that um you can find them uh season one two or three they've got quite the following uh so go find them at y-m-i-a-t avern is that correct joe wow Somewhat, couldn't yeah. have said it better yeah. myself nailed it <laughs> nailed it anyways uh, you asked for none of this. We gave it to you anyways. Uh, we gave you a lot more than we probably should have, but that's fine. Uh, so, again, have another drink on us or have a drink on Kevin, depending on how tall you are. And uh, we'll see you next week with another episode. Uh, cheers and good night. Cheers. Goodness. Joe has a freakishly large nose. We didn't cover that at any point I... in time in the podcast, and it needs to be said. Don't worry. We all we need is Kevin's audio. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna like say something about like you know, it smells like a new guy, and Joe would know at the beginning. But oh my um, god! But then I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want Joe to be like, oh really? We're starting off with this. I'm helping you guys out, and that's my intro. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, it's fine. <laughs>